Sacktown Sports. Good morning or afternoon, Sacramento. My name is Kyle Ledbetter, and these are your Sacktown Sports headlines. The Sacramento Kings played the Golden State Warriors to a 111 tie Sunday night before Jonathan Kaminga-led Warriors team won in overtime. The Kings made eight three-pointers in the first quarter, with Chris Duarte starting in place of Kevin Herter at the shooting guard position. In football, Debo Samuel is going to undergo an MRI today to determine the extent of a shoulder injury suffered in the 49ers' loss on Sunday in Cleveland. Christian McCaffrey also injured his oblique in that game and left in the fourth quarter. Houston and Texas will play game two in the ALCS about an hour and a half from now. Game one between Philadelphia and Arizona in the NLCS is at five o'clock. And you have Monday night football between Dallas and the Chargers with coverage beginning at 4.30 p.m. here on Sacktown Sports 1140. It is 12.02, which means it's time to check out Capital Casino, conveniently located at 411 North 16th Street in downtown Sacramento. Those are your headlines. Let's return to more of Chris and Company here on Sacktown Sports. Your home for Kings basketball for over 25 seasons. Sacktown Sports. Welcome back into the PM portion of your day, Sacramento. He is Chris Watkins. I am Zachariah. This is Sacktown Sports. Two hours in, two hours to go. We didn't get our halftime talk from our coach, Chris. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I forgot we were getting I didn't even get any Gatorade. How am I supposed to <laughs> attack the third slices, quarter? Man, you know what I mean? Yeah. Way to bring me Come back. On. Orange slices. Oh, and Capri Suns. Yep. That'll grapes. really bring you back. Got to have that fire in your belly, guys. Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're probably see. from the uh, the Tang era as well, huh? No. Did ever get Tang at halftime? That, that, that might have been a post-game. That even dates me. No, Tang, like the, the orange. Yeah, I know like what you're talking had, about. Like the, the, no, uh, I'm Capri Sun era. Maybe they brought it back. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah we, we definitely had those Capri Suners, those Kool-Aid jammers mm-hmm. or whatever. The, yeah. the wax oh, yeah. Kool-Aid. The squeezers. Yeah. yeah, the plastic yeah. squeezers for sure. Uh, anyways, welcome on back as we reminisce. Uh. Yeah. Uh, coming up at 12.15, the week that was in the NFL Week 6. A lot of better games than you would have thought. Some outcomes that you probably would not have thought. We'll get into Week 6 coming up next. But right now, let's go back to Golden 1 and talk about the Kings-Warriors game from last night. Chris, and I think the biggest headline outside of Domas looking great. Ooh. I got some Warriors perspective things if yeah, you want to get please. into that. I think yeah, there was some stuff now. there that we could dive into. But let's just kind of get back into the Kevin Herter, Chris Duarte. You talked about it a little bit in the last segment, Chris, and you thought that Kevin took it about his – I mean, I kind of like if a guy didn't take it fantastically. Yeah. I don't want a guy in the locker room going, oh, that's great that I didn't play. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? That's you know, great Chris, that I didn't Chris start. looked so well. Can yeah. you really even blame Coach? Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I've looked terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you said that he the, essentially took it well, and you think this was more of probably a a message to his team than you think it was anything that'll palpably play out. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a message, and I do think it's a little bit of of trying to get, you know, some some guys familiar with each other on the floor. But, uh, yeah, I think for the most part, this is, this is Mike Brown letting everybody know that 
everyone's job, not everyone, because of, of course, Demonis Sabonis, and you would assume Keegan Murray and De'Aaron Fox probably are, are pretty set in their starting lineup. But realistically, you know, there's to, to your greater point with, with saying that the Kings have so many different options to go to, anybody can be replaced, and there's so much talent and depth on this team that you shouldn't really get comfortable at any moment. And and defense is going to be the name of the game this year. Uh, we know what the Kings can do on offense. And in the pregame, Mike Brown talked a little bit of how, you know, they're willing to sacrifice. They were the best offense in NBA history last year. Mm-hmm. They're willing to fall from maybe one to four if it means that they can take a similar leap on the defense. Or 24 a, to 15. Exactly. Yeah. So, I think that's the biggest thing to to just monitor throughout, especially the beginning part of this season, is is how Mike Brown pulls people for defense, or if if their offense maybe is going, but they're still not defending. The level of of accountability that Mike Brown really holds these guys to is definitely going to be something to to monitor. Because again, if the Kings want to be taken seriously in this playoffs, they've got to commit to the defensive end of the floor, and and we just we haven't really seen that. You know, I think yesterday. To start off the game, they played really good defense, but they were also playing really good offense. And a lot of the time with the Kings, that that kind of went went hand in hand. They had to have offensive energy in order to show any sort of defensive energy, and I, I just don't think that's sustainable. So, um, you know, it was it was good to see the Kings hit shots again. A big part of last year, their best defense was just how good their offense was, and mm-hmm. having teams try to keep up with that offensive pace was was tough on some opponents. But for the most part, in this league, especially everybody can score. Everybody in the Western Conference is is pretty stacked. You're gonna have to stop somebody and try and take away their best thing if you're gonna want to be taken seriously, especially in this year's Western Conference. Yeah, for sure. And then just some side notes: D. Fox looked as quick as ever. Yeah. I mean, didn't have the best game. No, he wasn't going full tilt, but you know, he picked and chose his spots. And then, and then one big thing for me, which is kind of actually in the grand scheme of things, I would not say that it's a big thing, but it was something that's, I guess, stood out to me was Lynn. To, mm-hmm. He's a difference maker defensively and toughness-wise when it comes to this team when he's on the court. Now, I don't know how many minutes he's going to get, mm-hmm. but we did see what he could do in the playoffs, and you, and Mike Brown showed if he's showing me something, he's going to get rewarded for it. Yep. There was many times on the court where I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, You know what I mean? One of those overused phrases like, let's go. Yeah. Uh, th- I found myself either mentally or verbally saying that's what I'm talking about. He yeah. brings he brings something to that team that I think that they really need. Yeah, it's size. I mean, he he just he has a a physical big presence that this team really lacks, especially last night JaVale McGee didn't play. Um yeah, I think against certain matchups Alex Len is the way to go, but to to me to spin off of that, the really big thing that I noticed from the big man position was yeah, I, m- I mentioned JaVale McGee didn't play yesterday. He was out with I think right wrist soreness, which mm-hmm. was, you know, just a small injury that they're really, it's really just rest, but they don't want to come out and say it. Yeah. Um. But the the big thing with that is the Kings didn't go to Alex Len as their primary backup. You know, in, in that position, JaVale's been coming off the bench with that second unit, play, playing with that second unit. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, they went with Trey Lyles at the center and Sasha Vazankov at the four. Yep. They did not opt to go for Alex Len and keep that big lineup going. And that's really interesting. I don't know if that's going to be the case with every team throughout this regular season. If if they're going to 
or if it's going to be on a case-to-case basis. But to me, the fact that they don't have their backup center and instead they decide to go with Trey Lyles, an option that they they liked and went to sparingly last year uh, at the backup five, to me that's kind of telling, at least for this specific matchup, if the Kings are going to play the Warriors to me, Mike Brown clearly seems to to think that going small ball is the way to go. And offensively, I kind of agree. I think Trey Lyles had himself a great game yesterday, hit three of six from three, uh, got a couple boards. But to me, that's that's the the big thing that I took out of yesterday was the fact that they they seem like they're they're really comfortable with going with Trey at that backup five, and and that was a big question just in terms of how where he was going to get his minutes because Sasha is going to get uh we assume a good helping of minutes at that backup four if that's going to be the case where does Trey Lyles come in because Trey also let's not forget got paid seven or eight million dollars this offseason by this team uh so they they clearly have some plan for him that's I would imagine kind of chump change I don't want to call it I mean, chump change talk about certainly chump change. not oh, so in our making like two million dollars yeah. I would think yeah. that they're going to give him the nod before they give Alex the nod well Correct me if I'm wrong here. The two guys that I think their playing time is most determined based on how their shot going is off night and Lyles. But the difference between those two players is that Lyles doesn't offer you as much defensively. And yes, he shot three of six last night. Mm -hmm. And he's a guy that, again, who got playoff run when his shot was falling. And obviously you you see how much he can contribute. But... If the emphasis this year is going to be way more on the defensive side, then couldn't you see them going more, Len, than you see them going, Lyles, or am I wrong here? I think it depends. I don't think Alex Len is like a defensive stopper. I think he's a big body that you can put in there if if you're really struggling uh, just with size. But I, I think Trey is a really good rebounder. He's obviously you're you're losing something with the rim protection, but mm-hmm. I I would argue that you know putting in Javale McGee is is nice and yeah you get a better rim protector, but at the end of the day you're not you're not, I don't think it's going to solve any big problems that the Kings have. So I don't have a really big problem with it because the Kings are already bad on defense. I I don't think Trey Lyles coming in is or or I should say I don't think Javale McGee coming in is going to change the fact that they're still bad on defense. So I would rather go for the more explosive offensive option which might throw off the other team's defense than trying to patchwork a defense together that at the end of the day just isn't going to work just because you have a goalie in there. Yeah, for sure. And as we get into more Kings later in the show, a couple of things I didn't think we would go two hours or however long it ends up being without talking about. Sasha Vazenkov and then also the three-point shooting. We will discuss that later in the show. But coming up next, we got to review week six. Some games that were good on paper and some games that were not supposed to be good on paper. You never know with the NFL. Again, a lot of favorites, lost games, a lot of um, uh, underdogs or a lot of underdogs won games, a lot of favorites lost games. So we'll discuss all of week six. Coming up next, Zachariah, Chris Watkins, right here, Sacktown Sports, 1140. Your new home for 49ers football in the 916 Sacktown Sports. Welcome back, Sacramento. Alongside Chris Watkins, I am Zachariah. This is Sacktown Sports 1140. Is this Taylor Swift? I have no idea. Kyle? I think it is. Yeah, it is. There you go. Big Shake Swiftie. it off. Shake it off? Shake it off. 
Shake it, shake it off. Is that right? I have no idea. I, no. I don't know that I could name <laughs> one Taylor Swift. Yeah, I tried. No, I that tried. That's not right. Maybe I should like. Should I just listen to her whole album no. just so that I no? Okay. Whole album. There's like ten of them. Yeah. Well, could I listen to like greatest hits or something just so just that go I'm to the movie in the. You know, I'm not going to the movie. movie. Have that you seen I the videos from that? No. Oh, my God. Is it just like crazy fans it's like losing like their mind? 14-year-old girls going crazy, acting like they're actually at the show. They're like congregating in the front of the theater and like yeah. dancing and mosh pitting and doing ring around the rosies and stuff. It's it's ridiculous. That's so yeah. interesting because when I was 14, 14 year old girls were just crazy about Taylor Swift. And the fact that it's still to this really? day, that generation is. Well, I remember from just to age myself, Michael Jackson, people would literally <laughs> faint. No, I'm serious. You can YouTube it. There are fans no, that aware. would faint when he would come on stage. Very aware. Like literally faint. Yes. Yeah. It's just weird that generationally, the next generation is also just as big as Taylor Swift as my generation yeah. is, which is kind of interesting. I think Michael had that with me. I think I was the second part of Michael's wave, but I think he was definitely multi-generational. Um, I wish Tupac would be all generations. Mm. But to, I'm going to keep throwing his name out there. There's way general. too much Tupac news happening right now. Is there? Yeah. Oh, because I mean, they, they finally they found the killer? Found his killer. Well, they found the guy that set up the killer, right? Jada is... Is back to talking as she. Oh as she man, tends to do, poor so. Will. I hate to say poor Will Smith because he's the opposite of poor. Yeah. Um, he is but not yeah, his name's getting breaks. his name's getting dragged. Not great. But coming up, bottom of the hour, worst performance from Brock Purdy. The numbers are not good, but again, I will make the argument. Led them to a game-winning drive, but we will discuss that. Niners, Browns, Niners finally. Catch an L. But right now, let's review week six, shall we? Do we have NFL music? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Oh, there it is. Okay. Didn't sound familiar in the beginning. Now, on paper, Chris, the three good games, according to the state of Nevada, Seahawks and Bengals, interesting game. Two teams that I have on the list as I become Santa Claus for the San Francisco 49ers. Now, this was more when they were undefeated, but even with them being having one defeat, I still stand by my list. Teams that the Niners could, should possibly worry about down the line. Seahawks more in the pesky department. Bengals in the pesky department as well. I think the only team remaining in the – or the only two are Chiefs and and Eagles. I think the rest are just in the pesky. Mm Mm-hmm. Or no, did I make three? I think it's pesky, semi-worried, and then legitimate contenders. I can't keep up. Anyways, I'll figure out my list. I'll, I'll make it. We have two more days together. Uh, but the um, what did you make of that Seahawks-Bengals game? Pretty ugly, 17-13. I don't know yeah. what the over-under is, but I'm guessing the under-hit. I would definitely say the yeah. under-hit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, really interesting game. Not the game that you would expect out of these two teams. Obviously, you would probably suspect that this would be a high-scoring affair with two uh, really potent offenses. But... For the most part, it was it was pretty tame. Uh, I don't know if the weather had much of a factor in this game as so. well. Remember, also in, in the Ohio. same state, right? Yeah, there exactly. You go. Sorry. So, <laughs> uh, Gino Gino had himself a day. You know, threw for 320 yards, didn't get a touchdown, but uh, really, really, uh, I saw a, a compilation on Twitter late last night of some of the throws Gino was making. He looks incredible, man. Like I, I was very doubtful after last season that that it was legit, and uh, I've I've I think Gino's proven uh, a lot of people wrong that this is. A definitely legitimate quarterback play from him 
uh, but obviously wasn't enough. Joe Burrow was not very inspiring. Uh, what he, I think he had under, did he have under 200 yards he passing? Did. Under 200 was, yards yeah. passing, still had two touchdowns, but uh, just wasn't really a, a a statement win for for the Bengals. Would have still waiting for them to kind of wake up. Uh, I know they they usually start off the season a little slow, but this this seems like you know it's it's a good win. Not trying to take away from the win at all, but definitely seems like. Start to be a little concerned about your top end uh, potential if you're a Bengals fan. And I'm on a roller coaster ride when it comes to the Bengals because I started off, and this all of this has to do with the calf of Joe Burrow. Yep. So I went in. Obviously, he had no training camp for I think every year of his career, but he came in and it looked like it was obviously affecting him a ton. Then last week, he looked as as spry as ever, jumping around all the play. It looked like he had no effects. And then in this game, they only score three points in the second half. So I'm back to being concerned about them. Not enough to take them out of my group of people that the Niners should be worried about. But yeah, certainly a look, a win's a win, and good teams find a way to win ugly, which the Niners would have done last. Uh, or yesterday had Moody hit that kick. But mm. nonetheless, um, good game. If you like sloppy games, another sloppy game in the low 30s. Uh, your Vikings well, against the Chicago Bears in Chicago. The, Vi- the Vikings get a win. You got to be happy, Chris. Do what? I have to? Are you a masochist? Do Even I when they win, you're unhappy? Happy? Do I have to be happy? Were you, are we Zach, sure? Were you they... openly rooting for them to tank? No, but okay. like, can we not like barely squeeze out a game against the Bears where Justin Fields for the gets most hurt. of the game has like five pass and then yards gets hurt. Yeah. and then gets hurt and yeah. the backup yeah. comes in <laughs> and looks like three times it. better I love having Justin a Minnesota Fields. fan. It's so random. They beat a guy named Tyson Bagent. They <laughs> barely beat him. Honestly, he was driving for the win and threw up the most duck of duck passes I've ever seen in my life okay. in the end zone or else they probably would have won. If the Bears were just going to keep moving down the field, they probably would have won the game through a very, very dumb interception. But uh, no, uh, you talked about earlier how it's going to look different for the Vikings if they don't have uh, Justin Jefferson. It looked a lot different. Kirk really struggled. Kirk was was back to his old Kirk ways. Had a backwards pass that I have no idea I what he that. was thinking. I, I don't Got think he saved. was thinking. Yeah. They they didn't call it a fumble, so or they 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 said he recovered it out of bounds, so the Vikings kept the ball. Kirk Cousins tried to lose that game for the Vikings. Boy, oh boy, I don't have anything positive to say. Uh, I'm glad they beat the Bears, sure, um, but it's it's not looking hopeful for their for their next coming week. Uh, by the way, who did they play on Monday? Oh yeah, the Niners. There you go. Yikes. Well, it's my favorite part of every show, the random Minnesota fandom. Uh, And it sounds like going back to white man can't jump, Rosie Perez, sometimes when you win, you really lose. But a win's a win, darn it. That's the uh, generic term. The loser is everyone who had to watch Vikings Bears. (laughs) Yeah, or Caleb Williams. or, Or cover it. Now, also, again, these are good games that were just on paper. So I'm talking about games that were supposed to be very close. Saints, Texans, this game was close. Derek Carr was on his way to try to tie the game. Your Texans. I'm going to start calling them your Texans. I, That's I, your they are my second team. team. They are <laughs> definitely my second team. They win 20 to 13. Once again, this tells me more CJ. about this tells me more about Derek Carr as a guy yeah. that oh rode gosh. and died. Literally, I am now dead because of riding <laughs> or dying for Derek Carr. I defended him yeah. all those Raider years. I defended the hell out of him, no. but now he's got all the talent in the world around him. Yeah. I don't know if he's banged up because of the AC joint in the shoulder or whatever. 
whatever, but this is just inexcusable. If the Saints are going to be yep. a legitimate team in a very weak division, you cannot lose games like this, but maybe nope. your Texans, Chris, are the real deal. <laughs> I definitely think there's something to it. I think the Texans are, are just, you know, you put all those teams in the scrappy category more so against the Niners. Yeah. I just think in You're general. You're not saying they're no, great. No, 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 yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I just think they're going to be scrappy in general every single week. Last week, they probably should have beaten the Falcons, but, you know, that's that's we can't forget here. Kyle, you you definitely would know. The Texans were 1-15 last year, correct? No, because they, they won that weird last game against the Colts on a Hail Mary. Oh, right, because they, they lost were the first pick. 3-14. They were really bad last year, is my point. Thank they you. Thank yes, you. the last three years they have like eight wins. Yes, and they already have three wins this year, and I think that that's a major, major win, not only for C.J. Stroud, who looks like to be on his way to being the real deal. You love yourself some C.J. But also D'Amico Ryan. D'Amico. Shout out D'Amico, yeah. who's got this team playing for him, playing well. Mm -hmm. They're still incredibly young. Uh, This is also just a terrible look for the Saints. This NFC South is really shaping up to be first one to eight or nine wins. Uh, It's it's just, it's an absolutely terrible division. (laughs) Derek Carr threw for 350 yards. That's all fine and dandy. But if you watch the game, it was not pretty at all. And uh, yeah, I, I have no idea what to think of this Saints team. Are they good? Are they bad? Are they just better than the other bad teams in their division? Better than I the other so. bad. I like I that. I think they're better than the other bad. I, I like think that. that's where I'm settling on okay. them because I still have them as my favorite to come out of the NFC South. But man, oh man, it has not looked pretty for them all season long. Yeah, right now the Bucks at three and two. Saints at three and three, Falcons at three and three, and the Panthers at zero oh and six. Yikes! And then in terms of your Houston Texans, just, <laughs> just the game out behind yeah. the Jacksonville Jaguars. How about who, that? I think that I deserve credit. You do for them waking yeah. up because I called them out as my most disappointing yep. team. They've uh, rattled off three straight. So, but yeah, again, Texans only a game out in that division. I think two divisions that most people going into the season said was going to be the worst now not the worst by any stretch of the imagination but the worst performance from jake moody the loss to the bears um i don't even think it's a question of whether or not it was his worst performance but let's go into his worst performance i'm gonna be mr excuse maker for the niners again i am one that still thinks the niners have a chance to win this game we'll discuss the loss and also jake moody missing the kick a, a lot of things that went into yesterday's game we'll discuss next chris Watkins, zachariah sacktown sports 1140 Town sports Good afternoon, sacramento my name is kyle ledbetter and these are your sacktown sports headlines The Sacramento Kings played the Golden State Warriors to a 111 tie on Sunday night before Jonathan Kaminga led Golden State to a win in overtime. The Kings made eight three-pointers in the first quarter while Chris Duarte started in place of Kevin Herter. Debo Samuel is going to be undergoing an MRI today for the 49ers to determine the extent of a shoulder injury suffered in the first quarter of their loss on Sunday. Christian McCaffrey will also undergo tests to determine the extent of his oblique injury. Sacramento State football is back at home this Saturday night for a nationally televised primetime game versus the Montana State Bobcats. Kickoff is at 7.30 p.m. Get your tickets at hornetsports.com. Those are your headlines. Reminder that all guests and callers join us from the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop 
Honda shop. Now let's return to more of Chris and Company right here on Town Sports. Sacramento's official home for the San Francisco 49ers. Sacktown Sports. Yes, sir. Sacktown Sports. Alongside Chris Watkins, I am Zachariah. You can call or text the show, 916-339-1140. Man, when this album came out, can you identify this album, Chris, as I frequently on this program uh, age myself? Can you identify this album? No, I can't, but this is a hard beat. It's, this is like... This is 50 Cent's first album with Dr. Dre. Boom! Yeah. On my landscape. I don't know. I think I was in my early 20s, maybe mid-20s. But this album is insane. I guarantee you. This is in the club. Same album. Mm. Oh, just, that's Just not, a different track. That's over 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. What is Again, that? Is aging that? myself. So that I would have been 20. Dang, I was the that massacre, young? Is it? No, the massacre. No, get rich or die trying. Get rich or die trying. Yeah, right. yeah. Yes. He never. Those iconic albums. He never did as well as get rich or die no, trying. No, 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 no. Yeah, I remember. Song, uh, yeah, I this remember, is weightlifting uh, song type stuff. The the first like fifty like when I was first young enough to like start getting into like the music scene, I would mm-hmm. listen to like some of the hip hop stations in town, and I remember. It was like a huge thing, the Kanye versus Fifty Cent battle. I don't know if you remember. So different. They were. Like, I do. Yeah. They were. They were going head to head on album sales, and yes. I think that was Kanye's graduation. Against, yes. I think it was uh, same the massacre. Day. Yeah. yeah, and they released it on the same yeah. day, and Kanye obviously blew him out of the water. Of but course. that's that's what I remember about really the that was kind of the end of to your point that was kind of the end of Fifty Cent. It wasn't. I don't want to say the end of Fifty yeah, Cent. Yeah, but, like, but well, the problem was the massacre near wasn't the good. No, it wasn't good. It and was not get rich or yeah. die trying. That's yeah, yeah. Sure. I promise you, if, if that had went up against the Didn't graduation, you would have won. Too? Didn't he have a movie for Get Rich or Die Trying too? Or I could be wrong. Back okay, yeah. back in my day, yeah. back in like Juvenile and like the yes, Hot Boys yes, and like Master yeah. P and get, they they used to put out. Tons of movies, yeah. which were all awful, yeah. but we would watch them and of consume them because yeah, nobody's doing that now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was obviously That's low budget. Worst, but, yeah. It's yeah. the worst. We need more low budget films. I, I'm Not with everything's got to be. Snoop's probably you know, got a hundred back in the day, like the car wash. Yeah. Oh man, Snoop had some great, hilarious stuff. But anyways, as we mix a little music in with our sports coming up at the 45 part of the hour, it is the same thing that we do. It's called Fun in the 40s and as per usual with us chris which is a sign of a good show we barely scratched the surface the first time we did fun in the 40s i think we yep. only got to uh kenya martin yep and uh, talking it. about uh talking about russ it. russ w- russ westbrook which will give us enough content to fill a whole thing yep. but we've got plenty of more of that to get to as we go around the wacky world of sports but right now Talk of the town, I would assume, outside of the Kings-Warriors game that felt like a regular season game, even though it was a preseason game, is the Niners losing to the Browns, and most specifically, Brock Purdy having a very pedestrian day, as he has been, I I wonder, as you were the one that informed me, that Mm -hmm. he became the front runner for the MVP at one point, or at least at some sites, or however you go about consuming it i know he's up there with what patrick mahomes was yep, up there mahomes is up there his teammate cmc is somewhere in there somewhere in there not yeah. not you know really high as quarterbacks tend to get it but last night or yesterday morning for us afternoon <laughs> for where he was playing was certainly not a mvp performance and i i guess i'll ask you this what do you think was most to uh blame if you will 
for why he didn't have a great performance. Was it the elements? Was it him being down CMC and Debo? Mm-hmm. Or was it the Browns defense? If I gave you those yeah. three on the on the menu, which I, one would you choose? I would say if I had to pick one, I would say the Browns defense. Uh, I would say just the, the overall pressure that they put on Brock. Um, and I think a big part of that was the fact that Trent Williams did, you know, have have a little bit of a of a minor injury that he was playing through. Um, but just getting getting pressure on Brock was the thing that I thought the Cowboys were going to do to kind of force Brock into these kind of performances. He's shown, as Emil said, when we talked to him at eleven, you know, that's that's really a way that that Brock has shown that he's. He's just not – no no quarterback is comfortable when they're being pressured. Everybody really struggles, and Brock's no different. And I think that's that's really the biggest thing I'm taking is just if, if you're going against an elite defense like that, yeah, I mean, that's that's where it helps. Uh, or I guess it, in the Niners' case, it hurts to not have uh, one of those elite, elite playmaker quarterbacks who can just go out there and make nothing – or make something out of nothing – Brock, unfortunately, and you know it's it's just the limitations that he has right now. He's not going to be able to be able to uh, you know beat blitz packages and stuff like that. So it was it was a poor performance from him all around for all of the reasons you listed. But you have to give credit to the Browns defense, who this is not just some flash in the pan. They've been doing this all season long. So let me ask you this: as a mill, I think blasphemously, uh, maybe not, but I would take the Niners' defense over the Browns' defense. I mean, I I got to look more into who each team played. I, I glossed over it, but I wouldn't be giving it a fair shake to give it some sort of analysis. I still would take on paper and on the field, however you want to slice it and dice it, I would take the Niners' defense over the Browns' defense. But I guess what I would all... I would then in turn ask you if your biggest takeaway or most to blame for Purdy not being spectacular was the Browns defense. We talked about this last week, and I think we were both flabbergasted, if I can use that word, that the Niners have the lowest cap hit and the most cap space. It's ridiculous to have a team that good and for that to be true. But then I ask you, and it's it's not like going to the grocery store and you can just pick up, you know, some milk if you're lacking milk. But I do ask you, do they need to then address the offensive line situation? Because if you're yeah. telling me that Brown's defense was the biggest reason why Purdy didn't perform, mm-hmm. I mean, and look, they've got great corners too. But yeah. watching that game, the amount of times, and sometimes there were penalties thrown, right. flags thrown, I should say, penalties called, they their secondary is yeah. great. Denzel Ward's incredible. So you have to credit them as well. Sure. But do the Niners have a responsibility to use some of that free cap space that I've talked about yeah. to go after shoring up their offensive line? I think it would do them some well, and it doesn't have to be a starter quality guy, but I think they need somebody who's going to be like a swing tackle or someone that they can put, you know, if Trent Williams goes down, you can replace him, and obviously you're not going to get anywhere near the level of production that Trent Williams gives you, but Mm -hmm. someone who can at least be steadying. And on that right side as well, if Colton McKivitz doesn't have it, I think it's it's going to be big, but I think line depth in general is going to be something that, that could end up really hurting the Niners. We'll see. I mean, their line has been pretty healthy throughout this season, and, and that's that's a major, major positive. But if one of those guys goes down or if they continue to kind of struggle the way they do, they'd kind of be doing themselves a disservice if they have all of that cap space available and don't address it because – if you don't want your offensive line, your offense not even be able to get off the ground, uh, the ground level that is, 
uh, as the reason why you lose, especially with how potent and, and explosive that offense can be. You don't want to stop it before it even is able to get started. Yeah, for sure. And a career low, and to me, this is a compliment, not even an insult to Brock Purdy. Career low, 55.3 passer rating. Previous low was 87.4 in Dallas playoff game. I guess I when I'm looking at it and, you know, we start the show. Well, the show starts at 10. We try to get here between 8 and 9. I haven't had a chance to check out the national. I've been doing my best on Twitter in between the commercial breaks. I have no idea what the national you know, headlines are going to be from mm-hmm. a bunch of people that I guess are probably going to be jumping at the opportunity to use this for the people that were going. Uh, our guy, I forget our guy's name. I try to forget it on purpose, but whatever our guy's name is from the ringer that was all over the oh, headlines. Uh, Steven Ruiz. Oh, I got a yes. little story about that. Do we oh, have time? Boy. Yeah, I got a quick story about that. So I, I try to do nice things in life, Chris. Okay. And I have an elderly lady that lives across the street from me. Okay. And she's got this house where there's like, a hundred stairs to get to it. So obviously just going up and down is a workout. Right. Hell, it's, it's a, a workout for me at this <laughs> right. point, Chris. So what I do is I take her recycling in and out on Sundays yep. and I bring oh, her, her, nice. uh, her newspaper. Okay. So I bring her a newspaper and then I asked her at one point, I said, Hey, do you mind if I take the sports and the comic section, the only two parts of the paper yeah. that I read, which shouldn't come as a surprise to you. Right. And she goes, no, go ahead. I don't read those two sections. So normally what I do is just to be somewhat educated as I'm taking the trip up the stairs, I read read the front page mm-hmm. normally it's the same old stuff you know war here politicians fighting there blah right. blah blah i was shocked to see a sports story That's the head page, like the not the, on the sports section it was the headline the of front, front of page, the newspaper front page news chris and it was all about our guy from the ringer and, really? and basically Wait, yeah it was basically i forget Which the writer was maybe this? connor latrona i forget who it was uh the chronicle oh wow Front page. At the, <laughs> That's not great. At the bottom, mind you. But yeah. anyways. But still, nonetheless. Front yeah, page. front page. So I I took a second. I, I I rested at the top of the stairs, and I read the whole article. First of all, did you know that he was requested by all of the Bay Area radio outlets for interviews, and he denied them? Oh, I'm sure he was. He, he was yeah. ducking everybody. Then he backpedaled. Remember when he said he would quit the profession did, yes. if Brock Purdy won a Super Bowl? Yeah. He backpedaled from that. Yep. And then, yeah, the whole thing was just about, you know, Brock Purdy being Rodney Dangerfield, no respect. So so again, I haven't delved into what people have been saying because we've yeah. been on air, but I'll be interested to see if people yeah. are going to be going crazy this yeah, week. very much so. I'm curious what the reaction from this game is going to be. Are people going to be talking about the kicker situation, which I very much doubt? Will they be talking about Brock Purdy and, mm-hmm. oh, is this proving that we were actually right this whole time? Yeah. Uh, or, or will people be doubting the Niners in general as well? Again, I think the Niners... Uh, kind of picked a perfect week to lose with the Eagles losing as well. There's no more undefeated teams in the league. And so, you know, you can't really uh, point to, oh, the Eagles are clearly at a, a different level and the Niners showed some some weaknesses or anything like that. So it'll be interesting to see how, how that narrative changes, if it really does at all, if people are concerned, or if, like we, what we talked about earlier, if people also see that this could potentially be a recipe or a formula for how to take down this team. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, like I said earlier, people are going to take this opportunity to kind of point at how, how vulnerable this Niners team is because frankly, and I like to do the same, but people, you know, when, when the Niners are down, it's, it people like to, to poke at them a little bit. Indeed. Well, we'll do a little bit more Niner talk as we have an hour and some change before the program is over, but coming up next, we all plead the fifth 
Together, shout out Dave Chappelle. We will have fun in the 40s. We will go around the wacky world of sports. We have barely graced the amount of stories that we have. So we'll get to that next. Chris Watkins, Zachariah, Sacktown Sports, 11-4. Live and local, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. Sacktown Sports. Indeed. Would you love me now? Love us always, won't you? Chris Watkins, Zachariah, Sacktown Sports. 1140 coming up top of the hour. Are we giving Jake Moody a pass after missing his 41 yard game winner? Now I wondered in crosstalk with Jason Ross and Carmichael Dave, I wondered or not Carmichael Dave. He was golfing, but in theory, that's Must the show. Be nice. Yeah, <laughs> for real. Must be nice. Uh, I was thinking about taking the last half hour. No, can we both do that? That'd be tight, Kyle. You got a half an hour in your butt? <laughs> yeah, just me and Simone back here. We got hey, this. Yeah, oh, Simone for sure. She could do a half hour on astrology alone. You know what I'm saying? Plus a little celebrity gossip, mix some sports in there. She could give us the update on uh, on uh, young Taylor yep. and Travis, who uh, made appearances on SNL. Yeah, we will get to that. Probably not today because we have a. We have some sort of skill of uh, only getting to a couple of things in the rundown. Uh, But it is time for the greatest intro in the history of any media forum. Now, on Zachariah and Watkins, I plead the fifth. Yes, indeed. Fun in the 40s is where we go around the wacky world of sports. Let's start here, Chris, as we were talking about Emil as he was getting ready for our conversation. He was eating, mm-hmm. and you said totally fine. And not to throw you under the bus, but I've seen you eating pretty close to when we're coming back yeah. from break. No, sometimes I'll eat in the middle of break. <laughs> in the middle of break. I don't want to bust you out fully. I, I was only going to slightly nah, bust you out. Nah. But um, LeBron James, he... Ate a fruit bowl during the second half of Warriors Lakers. Uh, fair or foul? I'm guessing you're going to say fair. I loved it. It was so okay. funny. Well, and also the fact that he was playing in the game and then at halftime switched outfits. Like he went full, like he was in his, you know, yeah, played the first half and mm-hmm. he played like 15, 20 minutes in the first half and then came out for the second half and was in complete sweatsuit. And you yeah, would have thought had, he didn't even play had the a, game. Had a fruit bowl ready to go. And I was like, hey, man, I guess. I guess when Salute. you're king, you know, and you've, you've been it's in true. the NBA for 21 years, you can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, that's actually a great question. Do you think one of the guys at the end of the bench could get away with that? No. No? No. no. Okay. There's, there's, there's no way that, uh, yeah, there's no way Wenyan Gabriel's pulling up with a, with a fruit cup or anything like that to a game. Yeah, there's well, no usually we're supposed to have fun in the 40s. Yep. But as we didn't last week when we gave the news of Jefferson being oh, out and you gosh. were like, how is that fun? Yeah. This is not fun for me. Okay. I am Neon Dion's number one cheerleader, yeah. and it was a bad, bad day. I don't know. I thought the 29-0 comeback was pretty funny. Oh, it hurt really bad. But let's hear the sound from that. What I just said in the locker room to the team is they got to make up in their mind, are they in love with this game or are they in like with it? Because when you love something, you give to it unconditionally. You give everything you got. Without a shadow of a doubt, I am truly 100% in love with this thing. And I just want people to match me. Just match my passion. Match my 
match my heart, match my love, match my consistency, just match my mannerisms, just match every darn thing I give to this game. I love, I love that about Dion. He always makes it about him. Yeah. It's all about Dion. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, you would have liked to hear something about uh, his team, their performance. Uh, or maybe something on the field. Something on the field, maybe no. shouting out Stanford and, uh, hey, how about – Coach Troy Taylor, yeah. Sac State's uh, Sac State's finest, and uh, really big win for him in that program. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is kind of the I don't want to say it's the humbling because I don't think Deion Sanders is is one who ain't well, hey, I, he probably does need to be humbled, but I don't think he he necessarily has that in him uh, for better or for worse. But this was definitely uh, awakening, I think, for Deion and his team that this is. It's not going to be as easy as, yeah, you guys get all the clicks, you get all the likes, you get all the attention, and the success will follow. Y'all have to have success first and foremost, and then the rest will follow. And I think that's kind of going to be the the big learning lesson, I think, for hopefully for Dion, uh, but for that entire program is it, it was fun, and, and you guys were, were right uh, – maybe not rightfully, but you guys were getting tons of shine and tons of, of positive publicity in the in the weeks where you guys were undefeated. But once you start losing games, that's when the pressure hits. That's when, you know, all the, the sunshine fluff pieces turn into hit pieces. And how do you, how do you bounce back from that, I think, is, is going to be the, the story to follow for Colorado this season because they're in the Pac-12 in a year where the Pac-12 is no slump and – they they had a game against USC, really struggled in that one, and then came back. They had Stanford dead to rights and then let them come back and get the victory. I don't know. Like, how, how does this Colorado story go if they finish this season five, with five or six wins? I, I don't know if the if this it's hype is It's still more be, than last year, Chris. For sure. Yeah. For sure. But, like, I mean, how, how, how long is this process going to go? And, and at what point also do we – Yes, Dion's a fantastic recruiter, but he took no blame in losing a 29-point lead at halftime. Some of that's coaching as well. That's not all on your players, especially them being college kids. Like you've you've got to know how to have your your a pulse on your team and and how to close out those games. Like that that falls on coaching as well. That's not just on the player. Yeah, for sure. And for anybody watching on YouTube, I was not being rude and checking my phone. I was looking oh, up for sure to double check. Yes, indeed. Stanford's been around for a billion years and it's their biggest comeback and Colorado's been around for a billion years yep. and it was the biggest lead that they ever yep. gave up. And yes, you're right. At some point the coaching staff's got to take a look in the mirror too, but the way I look at it is they are very fast and small on offense, and they also are on defense. And yeah. sometimes when you're that on defense, teams can score a lot of points on, yes. on on your squad. So I think ultimately what Dion's got to do is recruit guys that are bigger. They yeah, just look sure. a lot smaller, Chris, for on sure. the field with other D1 teams. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, yeah they, their defense has definitely been their their Achilles heel this year. And how about that uh, How about that receiver for Stanford looking like Randy Moss out there? Oh, for real. Oh, you got Moss Travis a couple Hunter of on a poster, oh, like, like caught it over his ah, back for a yeah. touchdown. And, and that, that was crazy. That was one of like three amazing yes. catches from him yeah. for sure. Dude had, I think he like had doubled his career receiving yards. Yeah, he had 293 yards, 13 catches. That's a quarterback passing day.
Yeah. That's insane. That's ridiculous. Absolutely insane. All right. Well, coming up, top of the hour, final hour, an exciting day in Northern California sports. The Niners get their first loss. A Warriors-Kings game that looked like a regular season game. We'll get into all of that coming up next. Chris Watkins, Zachariah, Sacktown Sports.